this morning in worship, I just had the sense that, that he is breaking down barriers. He's breaking down blockages and things that in the past, areas where we've gotten stuck and places where we've, we've, we've felt like it's, it's just so difficult to connect with him. I feel the love of God just breaking these barriers down, even this morning. Even this morning, I believe that as I preach, that God is going to arrest your heart with his love. I mean, just, just stop and think about this for a moment. The creator of the ends of the earth, God Almighty, the one who is above all and over all and in all and through all, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is in love with you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Uh, I'm excited to share the word with you this morning. <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before, but I've come to the point where I've realized, I think I probably bought the wrong car. I mean, I love, I love my car, my 2011 Dodge Caravan. I am still regularly amazed by how much stuff I can actually fit in this thing. Uh, about a month ago, I picked up a sectional. Uh, it was a six or seven person sectional, and I fit the entire thing in the back of my van. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the door closed, kind of, sort of. My, my kids love it. There's a, there's a TV in it, so obviously they, they love that. But from the moment that, that we drove this thing off of the lot, we've had issues with it. Okay, and especially now, as we're adding kilometers on it, and it's getting older, uh, it's acting up more and more. Uh, about a, a month ago, um, well, actually, just a couple of weeks ago still, we were, we were planning to go to Ottawa for the conference as a family. I thought, okay, we've got to make sure our van is ready to go. We've got to take the van, because we've got to have the kids entertained for the four hours. And... Uh, for the previous month, the low tire light had been on. And for the life of me, I couldn't get this thing off, okay? So I, I tried. I, filled, I, I checked the tires. I filled up the tires. The light would go off for a moment, and then it would come back on again. I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? So finally, before we went to Ottawa, I took it into the shop. I'm like, we got we to gotta make sure it's ready to go. Turned out it wasn't the tires at all. It was the sensor for the tires that was off and needed to be replaced. So we replaced that. We're en route to Ottawa a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was around Oshawa. That's when I became aware of it anyways. All of a sudden, the engine light comes on. On the way there! Like, okay, okay, okay. So I'm checking the, the, the rad, you know, just making sure that everything else is good and uh, seemed to be all right. We went to Ottawa. We came back. And uh, I drove it here today, and still the engine light is on. <laughs> the reason the engine light is on is because I haven't got it looked at yet. And uh, I, I wonder at times, as I'm driving this thing, when I press the accelerator, you know, I, I push the gas, and there's, there's nothing for a brief second, you know? It doesn't move forward. I'm like, oh, strange, right? Or that, that jerking feeling at times or the weird sounds that I hear every so often, I wonder, I'm like, is this the engine? You know, like, is this, is this actually a problem or not? Is this just being the way it is? I don't know. 
But the fact of the matter is I haven't dealt with it yet. And, uh, but it got me here today, so I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for this man, and I love it. But I realize, I don't know about you, but for me, I realize that in my life, the way that I approach this van is often how I approach the Christian life and my walk with God. You know, I, I, I recognize there's things that I need to do as a Christian, right? There's things that are good for me to do that I ought to do. I ought to read my Bible. I ought to spend time in prayer. I ought to come to church on a Sunday. I ought to look for opportunities to love others and to serve God and to be a witness but how many you know I can do all of these things without ever taking the time to slow down and actually look at what's going on on the inside, on the inside of me. And yet, we live from the inside out. And what's going on on the inside of me largely shapes my behavior and my approach to God and towards others. Why has my van not gotten into the shop yet? Well, for one reason, because it's inconvenient, right? Like, it takes time. I'm like, come on, another thing? Again? Right? I got to take this thing into the shop. I got to take time out of my schedule to do this. And then I'm like, is this really that big of a deal? Does it matter that much? I don't know. And then there's that aspect of, do I really want to address this because... You know, this, this might actually be a bigger problem than I think, and it might be incredibly costly. Do I want to deal with this right now? And I feel like at times we do the exact same thing in our Christian life, in our, in our relationship with God, in following Jesus, where we're just like, you know what, this is actually too much work. It takes too much time. I got other things that I need to do. And if I stop and address this thing right now, Man, it's painful. It might be a bigger thing than I actually think. But it, it's incredibly important that we take a look, that we slow down, we take time to address what's going on on the inside of us because that's the place where we live from, from the inside out. And when we fail to address these things that are going on on the inside of us or we avoid them or we pretend like they're, they're not there, they don't go away on their own. Right? That engine light, I mean, it might go off. It, actually, it has. It has briefly gone off for a, a, a time, but it's back on again. It doesn't go away on its own. Right? And, and when, we, when we don't address these things, ultimately what it leads to is one uh, affecting us, but not just our own lives, but the lives of people around us. And what it can lead to is ultimately a breakdown. And, and it certainly keeps us from enjoying the ride and potentially getting to the place where God wants for us to go within our life. And so today I want to talk to you about this thing of feelings. Looking at our, our feelings, and the title of today's message is More Than a Feeling. And we're going to start in 3 John 1, verse 2. 3 John 1, verse 2. We're going to look together at the role of feelings within our lives and what God might be trying to teach us through our feelings. 3 John 1 verse 2, in the NIV it says this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health 
and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that you all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I love this. How many you know this is God's desire for us? This is his heart for us, that we would enjoy good health, that all may go well with us. Now, I think at times we could read this and we can get caught up in external things, in material things, but it's so much more than that. But how many know that, that I, I don't know about you, but is there anybody here that doesn't want this for their life? That you may enjoy good health? That all may go well with you? We all want this, right? Amen? Amen. And how do we get there? What does it say? It says this. It says, even as your soul is getting along well. Okay. In other words, one of the means to us enjoying good health, to all going well with us, is things going well in our soul, in our mind, our will, and our emotions. One of the ways in which we enjoy good health and things go along well within our life, where all things go well, is through actually focusing on our soul and ensuring that our soul is getting along well. And so let me ask you this question as we begin this message today. How is your soul? I want you to think about that for a moment. How is your soul? Are you aware of what's going on inside of you? Are you aware right now of your thoughts, of your feelings, of your emotions? And then what are you doing about it? You see, how, how we behave and who we become is largely based on what goes on in our soul, okay? And if we were to grow in faith in Jesus Christ, if we were to grow in love in Christ, if we were to grow into spiritual maturity in Jesus Christ, we need to pay attention to our soul. We need to be aware of what's going on on the inside. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1, he says, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. Turn, turn to the person next to you and say, don't be unaware. Don't be unaware, Paul says, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ but he says this nevertheless with most of them God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness why they were unaware they were unaware the Israelites lived out of a place of focusing on external things right they got out into the wilderness and they're like Moses uh, where's the uh, where's the water for us to drink, Moses? We're thirsty, man. Moses, where's the food? We had food in Egypt, but there's uh, 
there's nothing out here. Moses, we're hungry. Moses, we've been eating the same thing for the last year. We need some variety. Oh, Moses, we've seen how you act. You know, in your personal life, are you really the one that God's called to lead? Moses, we, we know that you've been talking about this promised land that God has entrusted to us, but we're looking at it, and it doesn't look like ours. Moses, there's giants here. What is this? They missed out on the promise. And I would suggest to you, part of the reason why they missed out on what God had for them is because they were unaware. See, while they were focused on external things, God was trying to do something internally within them that would prepare them to possess the promise that he wanted to give them. He was trying to teach them to trust him as a good father to provide for them so that when they got to the promised land and giants were standing there, that they knew, well, he provided us for us in the wilderness. Why wouldn't he provide for us here? He was trying to do something internally within them, right? But they were unaware, and therefore, they missed out. Are you aware of what God is trying to do in you? Are you aware of what's going on on the inside of you? He works it about. He's the one that does it. You know, uh, Philippians, it talks about God working uh, all things to completion until the day of Christ Jesus in us. But how does he do that? He doesn't do it without us. It starts with us being aware and saying, okay, God, you can have that part of me too. Okay, God, I'm willing to surrender that. Okay, God, I'm willing to trust you in this. It starts with us becoming aware. And in order for us to be aware, one of the things that's incredibly important is that we learn to slow down. In our culture, in our world, we live constantly on the go. We're so busy. And as we go through life speeding along, it's really difficult to be aware of not just what's going on around me, but what's going on inside of me. You know, if I go through the city of Mississauga driving the 403 at 125 kilometers an hour, right, I can have a sense a little bit of what Mississauga is about. I can see some things. Oh, look, there's square one over there, right? But I don't really get, uh, I, I, I'm not really aware of a lot that's going on. In order for me to be aware of what's happening in my city, I got to slow down. I got to slow down. I got to maybe take a different route, decrease my speed. And then I, it's amazing. I, I drive most of the time. Um, but when my wife drives, it's amazing the things that I'll see. I'm like, wow, I had no idea that was going on, right? When we slow down, we stop. We start to actually become aware of what's happening around us and, and ultimately inside of us. It's so important if we're to be aware that we learn to slow down, that we regularly take time to stop, that we commune with God, that we can hear his voice and begin to recognize what he's looking to do on the inside of us. Slow down. Secondly, it's important for us to actually take time to feel our feelings. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about becoming complete, becoming whole through Christ Jesus. This is a journey that God has each and every one of us on. It's to getting to a place where we're, we're spiritually mature in Him. 
And I need to slow down in order for that to happen, but I also need to be incredibly honest about where I'm at right now. In Hebrews chapter 3, in speaking again of the Israelites in the wilderness, in verse 15, the author of Hebrews says this, As has been just said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. He's talking about the Israelites, and he's saying today, today, I love that word, because while God is is not bound by time, he's infinite, he was, he is, and he is to come, for you and I, we are bound by time, right? The only place where I can actually meet God, where I can know God, is today, is right here, right now. And I think at times we can get caught up in, uh, you know, in, in regretting or, or being, being ashamed of our past, right? We can get caught up in being anxious about the future, but the only place where we meet God is in the present, is in the today, right now. And in order for me to meet Him in the now, it requires that I, I be honest about what's going on inside of me right now. You see, when we avoid our feelings, when we pretend like, like they don't matter, or we're not willing to address them, like the dash, like the dash lights on my, on my car, right? What we're doing is we're pretending. We're putting on a mask. We're living an illusion. We're not actually living in reality, right? And we're not growing in spiritual maturity. Our God is not the father of lies. He's the truth. He's not the one who masquerades in shadows. He is light, right? And if we are to grow in Him, if we are to know Him, to be with Him, to become like Him, it starts with us being honest about what's going on on the inside of us. It starts with us slowing down and taking the time to go, what am I actually feeling? How is my soul? How am I doing? God wants to meet us there. We got all kinds of incredible examples in the scriptures of different people who, who lived a life of integrity, who were brutally honest about what they were feeling, and through that, they encountered God. Through that, they met God, and they received from God what they needed in that moment. David is an incredible example of this. The Psalms is filled with honest prayers, with heartfelt cries of the soul, where David's going, Lord, this is me. In Psalm 13, and this is, this is while he's waiting uh, to be king. God's already called him to be king. He's already been anointed for this, and yet Saul is king right now. And David is, uh, is hiding, running for his life. And in Psalm 13, he prays this prayer that's a song. It's for the choir master. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I'm shaken. But I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. David is honest about where he's at. He said, here's my soul, here's my feelings, here's what's going on on the inside of me. But ultimately, what does that lead to? It leads to him 
saying, you know what, God, I trust in your steadfast love. God, I remember who you were to me in years past, and I believe that's who you're going to be to me now. But it starts with him being honest. I came across this again as I was, as I was doing my devotions this week in, in Jesus' example. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, in Matthew 26, 36 to 39, it says, Then Jesus went up with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Hear that? My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. This is Jesus talking. He says, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It's interesting. I was struck by the fact that here in, in this time, Jesus doesn't deny his feelings doesn't say, you know what, forget my feelings. I've got a mission. I've got something that God has called me to do. I'm going to accomplish that, and I'm not going to deal with these feelings right now. He doesn't pretend that they don't exist. He doesn't avoid them or try to get rid of them. He felt them. He really felt them. He says, my soul is sorrowful even to the point of death. He felt his feelings. I can't imagine what he was feeling in that moment, the pain and the sorrow and the agony that he had to go through for you and me. But he didn't deny that or avoid that or suppress that. He felt it. He felt it. He slowed down to feel his feelings. And what did that do? It brought him to his father. It brought him to receiving from his father the strength and the grace that he needed to accomplish what God had for him. You see, I just, I, I had this thought, and I would argue that, that this account of Jesus is not just a description of what he was feeling on the way to his death for you and me, but this was actually essential. It was an essential exercise that he needed to go through that enabled him to do what God had actually called him to do. Are you with me? Are you following me? And so in our lives, if we are to be who God has called us to be, if we're to do what he has called us to do, part of that, what's required, if I'm to get there and to do that, is actually me taking the time to slow down, to understand what's going on in the inside of me, and to meet God there in the present, to receive from him there in what I'm feeling right now. How are you guys doing? Are we okay? Are we okay for time? I, I want to get really practical here. And I'll just, just share from my, a, a brief example from my own life. I think the last time I preached, I talked about the fact that I a business. I've started it. I've registered it. But I did that back in June. And uh, I still haven't done much with it. And, and I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm working towards it. And in the past month, it, I was thinking, okay, uh, my business partner and I were talking, and we're like, okay, we'll launch beginning of December. Uh, it'll be great. And I, I was doing all this work to get things off the ground, you know, banking stuff and, and, and dealing with suppliers and printing and, and figuring out shipping and all these things. 
And in the midst of this, I, I'm realizing in order for us to launch come December, everything has to line up. Like everything has to go perfect. If there's even one thing that's off, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, what are the chances that that's going to happen? Stuff always goes wrong, right? And so I started to come to terms with the fact that we weren't going to launch the beginning of December. And I was frustrated because I'm doing all these things. I'm putting in the work, and yet I'm still not able to do it. And I find myself, as I slow down, and I take time to feel what's going on inside of me, I'm like, I'm frustrated. Man, I'm, I'm angry. If I'm honest, I've got some bitterness here, and what I feel right now is weak. Now, it's one thing to be, become aware of our feelings, but the next step is to go, okay, why am I feeling this? What's really behind this? What does God want to say to me through this, right? And so I began to, as painful as it was, begin to process this and just go, okay, why am I feeling frustrated and angry? Well, if I'm honest, it's because here I am putting the work, and yet I still can't make this happen. I'm angry because, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to do this, and I'm passionate about it, and I want to see it through. If I'm honest, I just don't have the time to do this right now. Like, well, why, why don't I have the time? Well, because I've got so many other things that I'm doing. You know, oh, my wife is working full time. I'm having a, having a help out at home with my kids, and there's this element of bitterness there where I'm just like, this is keeping me from, from that, right? And I'm trying to do my best, and yet I can't do this. But, but as I begin to unpack what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it, I realize there's things that God's trying to teach me through this process, right? There's things that I, I'm learning from him here and now. I'm learning to value what he values. Because if I step back and I go, what's this ultimately going to lead to if I launch this thing December? It's going to lead to me busying myself all throughout the holidays, having no time for anything else because I'm trying to get this thing off the ground, right? It's going to keep me from spending time with my family. It's going to keep me from enjoying them and enjoying this life. And I realize if I'm honest, what I ultimately value here is not launching this thing or getting this done, but I value my family, right? I value my kids. I value my relationship with my wife and with them. I value rest, right? And I'm starting to recognize limits in my life and go, you know what, actually, I do have limits. And I can't do everything. And I can't, probably can't do it in the time where I want to do it. I'm starting to recognize more and more my worth. And that it doesn't come from the things that I do. But ultimately, even if I can't launch my business December, who cares? He loves me. And that's enough. But how me know, if I don't take the time to stop and go, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And what might God be saying to me through it? Probably what it's going to lead to is me being busier than ever. Be, me being frustrated and angry and bitter with my family and me ultimately taking it out on them. 
right? This is not the life that God is speaking to. But until we stop and we slow down and we begin to process what's going on on the inside of us, we won't live as he's called us to live. We won't be who he's called us to to be. And ultimately, it will derail us from doing what he's called us to do. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. We're going to get really practical here. Do we have time for this? Okay, we're going to take five minutes to do it. Because I firmly believe we're not to be hearers of the word alone. We're to, we're to do it. Amen? Amen? Okay, so we're going to practice this. All right, right here, right now, I want you to take a moment. And I want you to ask God, what's going on inside of me? I want you to hone in for a moment on a feeling. All right? Perhaps a negative feeling. Anger, fear, sadness, maybe worry, frustration. Hone in on one of those feelings for a moment. Now, as you've, as you've got it, as you've identified it, I want you to just, just close your eyes so just limit distractions and just ask God, why am I feeling this? Why, why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? What's the real issue here? Just take a moment to, to ask Him. a lot of times it comes down to a trust issue. Well, I'm feeling this because I don't trust you enough. I'm feeling this because I'm trying to control this. I'm feeling this because I've found my identity in something other than your love. I don't, I don't know what it is for you allow him to speak to you about why you're feeling it. And then as he does, I want you to take a moment to connect with him in it. In the present. With the great I am. God, what are you trying to teach me through this? You ask him, God, what what gift do you have for me here? What are you calling me to do through this? And just thank him for what he's shown you. Let's receive it. Just believe it. 
light of the time, we're going to wrap up. But I want to encourage you to practice this in your life regularly. Regularly. And, and whether that be you carving out 10 minutes at the start of your day, 10 minutes at the end of your day, journaling at lunchtime, just make space in your life to slow down care for your soul and to meet God in that place. I've found as I as I'm journeying along that things that I thought that I've dealt with years ago God continues to address. You know, and he's so gracious about it. Like he'll peel back the layers. You're like, I thought oh, I thought we dealt with this already. I thought we're, we're beyond this, but in his grace he knows what we can handle. You know? He knows what we need. He's such a gentleman about it, right? And he's so present in our lives. He's ready, willing, and able. And so I just want to encourage you guys that this can be uh, a really scary journey for us to embark on. This can seem like a very inconvenient, uncomfortable, and costly thing, but it's actually the means to transformation. If we are to grow in Christ, it doesn't happen without us going through this process. Without stopping and, 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 and paying attention to what's going on in the inside of us and meeting God in that place. I just want to encourage you, that is, it, it, it's the key to, to things going well within our life and to us becoming who God has called us to be and doing what he's called us to do. So I bless you. I bless you to have the courage and to live out his love in such a way that you would embark on this journey with us. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what, the journey that you have each and every one of us on. Teach us, Lord, how to slow down. Teach us how to make room, oh God. To feel our feelings, oh God to be present with you in the here and now, God, and to receive of your gifts and what your Holy Spirit is trying to teach us through this, oh God. And I pray, oh God, that as a church, we would be a people who walk like you walk, who sound like you sound, who do what you do, because we've spent time being with you. We love you, Lord. And we're thankful for what you're doing in each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.